Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, hey there, Rush Nation. It's game day. It's week 13. It's time for the fantasy playoffs to be decided in most leagues today and tomorrow. Most of the work will probably be done today. Uh, Good luck to all of you playing uh, as promised, going to go through Sunday night football, Monday night football, look ahead, help you make those last minute decisions. This week is absolutely crucial. It's almost a good reason or a good way that I've done this in, in three pods to give you a little bit more analysis because I appreciate the importance of this week for most of you players. Really hope you'll get on and you know we'll try and be online as much as possible to answer your start sit questions. You can get those to us on Twitter. You can get them to us on the Flick Chat. Any other method, just let us know. We'll try and pick them up uh, where possible. But good luck to, to all of you today. This is going to be a really short podcast just to cover off the last two games. So Sunday night football, Texans versus the Patriots. This is a really narrow fantasy game. Both these teams uh, have very defined options. Not a lot of injuries coming in. We should be pretty clear as to what we're going to be getting out of this game. But one, you know, a few of the things I like to know here is to make uh, understand the makeup and, and what to expect from both run games, what wide receivers I can potentially trust in this game, and then also look at who to try, uh, who to start, and think about where I'd be ranking them. So, since the bye week in week ten, Hyde has had sixty five 
and 67 yards rushing on the ground. That 65 was against Baltimore, who were a great run defense. He broke off one run that went for a touchdown, and that kind of saved his day. Uh, all of his carries were, were pretty poor, and his average yard per attempt was uh, around about two at that point. So he, he pretty much saved his day by getting that touchdown. But when we look at sort of top half run defenses in the league that the Texans have played this year, or I say top half, maybe like top 12, uh, I kind of drew the line out here. Um, these are Hyde's numbers. So he's only played four games against a top 12 run defense. The Chargers in week three, he went for 10 rushes, 19 yards and a touchdown. Against the Colts in week seven, it was 12 attempts, 35 yards, no touchdown. Against Baltimore in week 11, it was nine attempts for 65 yards and a touchdown. And then the Colts again in week 12 was 16 attempts for 67 yards, no touchdown. Now against New England, New England have given up one rushing touchdown all season to running backs. They've given up none in the air as well. So they're giving up a very, very, very frugal amount of touchdowns. And in a situation where Hyde is touchdown dependent or not, now, if you've got Carlos Hyde, you're probably going to have to play him given the scarcity of the position at running back. But if you have better options or even gambles, you know, you're thinking, I mean, Jonathan Williams, for example, is someone who must start over him. I'm trying to think of players today who, who could be considered sort of borderline that I would consider over him. I'm thinking, you know, at this point, I mean, you should be starting uh, Kenyon Drake. You should be starting... You know, it, it, for me, he's in the territory of do I start Jamal Williams over, you know, Carlos Hyde? And, and at this point, I'm thinking I probably would start Jamal Williams. That's how much I don't like this play of Hyde this week. When it comes to Duke Johnson, he's been pretty irrelevant the last few games. So he's pretty much a catching back, but he only has three catches in the last two games since the bye. He holds almost no fantasy value in some leagues. I think I've got a league where it's a really deep league. I have to start him. And I'm kind of like, oh. Because it was him, Damien Williams, and Damien Williams is out. So I'm having to start him, and it really, uh, really sucks <laughs> that I have to. Uh, on the other side with the Patriots, Sonny Michel's coming off 20 carries last week, and that's more the kind of volume we would really want him to see. But I don't think he's going to get the same. This is going to be a game that's going to be a little bit more uh, open. And as a result, I do think he'll get some decent carries, uh, probably put him in the 15 to 16 carry range, but I don't think he's getting the heights are 20. Uh, the one thing kind of hope for here is that he gets into the end zone. So he, he sits in the RB2 conversation for me, but, and I, you know, ceiling's a little bit capped. He's going to need to score from the goal line in order to do that. The real issue here is James White. So he's, had not more, he's not had more than four catches since week seven when he played the Jets. His usage has massively dropped. So since that game, uh, he was averaging four, he's only averaging 42% of the snaps and then that was before last week where he averaged, where he only got 30% of the snaps in week 12. It was raining, it was wet, it was tough conditions. But James White has been trusted in those positions before to do rather well, especially in the short yardage, don't want to throw the ball too far. And he really hasn't. So there seems to be a bit of an issue there with James White. And he's someone that I would be really cautious. And if you, again, if you have other viable options, the interesting one would be if you had Hyde and White, which one would you start? I would probably go Hyde because I think he's the only one that has out of those two, any form of guaranteed volume, even though this could technically be a better game for James White, especially if they fall a little bit behind and they're chasing the game. But 
you know, they need to they need to use James White to kickstart this this offense a little bit more, and they haven't been. It's a worrying, worrying trend. When looking at the wide receivers, there is only two you can trust here. It's Edelman and Hopkins. You can take them to the bank. Will Fuller is potentially a player who can be used. He's obviously going to get some some coverage from some of the best corners in the game. Whether it's, I don't think it would be Gilmore, but you never know. It could be just to take that speed threat out of the game because he is a difference maker. And we saw that when he returned up to, uh, to the lineup uh, last week for the Texans. So he's someone to keep an eye on. He might be worth, if, especially if you're sort of trailing uh, in your games after after Sunday and you need sort of a boom player. He's someone that I really like to have a gamble on. I think he's someone that could be uh, really effective. But I do worry if he gets covered out of the game. And we've seen that with Will Fuller from time to time. And then the other is, does he pull a hamstring? But I think if you've got him, he's, he's probably worth a play unless you have much more solid starters in that sort of uh, wide receiver two, maybe even the high-end wide receiver three conversation. So starting for this game, uh, Brady is a QB2. Uh, there are much better options out there. He really hasn't been doing it out there the last four or five weeks. Sonny Michel is a running back two. Edelman is a, uh, he's on the borderline. So the wide receiver one, wide receiver two conversation. And there really isn't anyone else for New England I'd, I'd want in this offense right now playing. So I'd probably leave those away. And as it comes to the Texans, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a, uh, a QB1 for sure. Hyde, I've got in the, to the back end, RB2, RB3 conversation. Hopkins is going to be a wide receiver one, but potentially fringing to an, uh, a wide receiver two. We've seen that you can scheme him out of games. And uh, that's something that New England will be looking to do today. And then you've got Will Fuller. I put in that sort of low-end wide receiver three, wide receiver four range. But he's someone that has huge, massive upside and could potentially jump out into sort of the wide receiver two conversation or higher if he gets going. So worth a play. Anybody else, I'd say probably not unless you're absolutely desperate. Um, like, for example, Darren Fells, he could be someone who gets a touchdown for you if New, if New England are trying to cover other targets. But, you know, he's a massive uh, boom or bust play this week and I'm not a big fan of it moving on to Monday night football Seahawks versus Vikings it's really trying to make a, make make some heads and tails of the RB situation in Seattle and then what to make of the Seattle wide receivers what to make of both quarterbacks in this game and then who to start so last weekend really muddled the backfield here Chris Carson was responsible for two fumbles he was only charged with one but the second was a messy handoff that involved Russell Wilson, and Wilson was charged with the fumble, but it really, in all honesty, it probably was Carson's fault there. So for the first time all season, Rashad Penny led the team in attempts uh, 54%, while Carson had 31%. Carson did have the biggest split in the passing game, 47% of routes to drop back with 16% of the targets. That's according to Dwayne McFarland's utilization report. But be really weary in this game. We don't really know what's going to happen. Every time it seems to have gone back to... Carson but this is the first time that Penny has led this could be a running back by committee this could be Penny completely ignored again and they go back to Carson but Carson is leading the the league in fumbles this year from a running back perspective Uh, I think he's up to eight for the season now so it's a really concerning time for Chris Carson owners and it's come at exactly the wrong time considering the fantasy playoffs are just around the corner so if you do own him he is still startable this week because he will get the the value in the passing game, so especially in PPR formats. But yeah, it's worrying times there as to what happens, and I'll be watching that game really closely to see what happens moving forward. 
Now, looking at the Seattle wide receivers, there's a lot of talk of Josh Gordon. He ran routes on 44% of dropbacks and got 8% of the targets. But for me, he's still not overly relevant. Lockett is averaging 91.2% of snaps this season. He went off hurt in a game. Metcalf is averaging 93% of snaps in his last four games. These two combined for the season are averaging 44% of the targets for Seattle. And then you've got the next person is Chris Carlson. He's got 11% of the targets. And then the tight ends as a share are getting 20.7% of the targets. So it's not leaving a lot there for Josh Gordon. He's almost like the fifth or sixth read. He might get one deep play. He might get two deep plays. But ultimately, there's not a lot of volume to rely on for, for Gordon. And there's nothing to really, he's sort of feeding off scraps. So um, I don't really like Josh Gordon as a fantasy option yet. Uh, that could easily change as the situation goes through. But right now, it's not something I would be looking to to target. Now moving on to quarterbacks. So I want to look at both offenses and what they're doing here. Wilson is leading the Seahawks to 10th amount of points per drive and the 11th best drive success rate in the NFL, and that's according to DVOA Football Outsiders statistics. They're playing a Minnesota defense that's quite middle of the road. They're the 15th worst in the league against fantasy quarterbacks. They've given up 19 touchdowns on the season to date to, to quarterbacks. And in terms of that, from a points-per-game perspective, that is 18.6 points per game. Now, Kirk Cousins, we joked a few weeks ago, the curse of prime time, and we even moved him down our rankings, and he overcame that when he played the Cowboys. It's another primetime victory. He's sneakily having a very, very good season, and their offense is really clicking on all cylinders. So they're actually third in points per drive, according to DVOA Football Outsiders, and fifth in their drive success rate statistic as well. Now, Seattle was slightly worse. They're 14th worst uh, defense versus fantasy quarterbacks. They've only given up 16 touchdowns, though, but they are giving up a lot more yards. And as a result, they're giving up half a point a game more at the quarterback position than Minnesota are, but they're right next to each other. So as a result, I think you can start both these QBs. I just always rely on Wilson just that little bit more. I just think he's just the more consistent but these two are pretty close uh, in my rankings from when I last looked at that this week. So I had Russell Wilson at seven and I had Kirk Cousins at 11. And it really, the only people between them, Dak probably shouldn't have, Sam Darnold because he's been on a bit of a roll and, and same with Ryan Tannehill. But really, these, these QBs have been pretty similar over the last few weeks. So they're both in the QB1 conversation for me for this week so feel free to start them all up last uh, interesting stat i pulled from this before i tell you who to start so seattle are actually the fourth worst defense against fantasy tight ends they're giving up 15.8 points per game to the fantasy position but they've also given up the most receptions to tight ends so this is a good week to fire up car rudolph for an end zone touchdown now who to start for seattle wilson's a qb1 Car- carson unfortunately moves to the rb2 conversation as a result Penny, I've put in the wide, uh, running back three, running back four, only because we don't know where it's going to go. So we have to just go on what we've seen so far and not rely on the fact that he's going to get the job. But I'm very cautious on both of those. And if you have better options, I wouldn't blame you if you bench both. Lockett, I've put in the wide receiver two conversation and Metcalf, the wide receiver three conversation, just down to the, the coverage and corners and think there's easier, better options this week. Hollister is a tight end two for me this week. I've got Cousins as a QB one. I've got Cook as a, 
an RB1. And I've got Diggs and Phelan. I've got them like, pretty close to each other in, in the rankings. It's, it's always hard to split them. I've got them at 20 and 21, which is uh, low-end uh, wide receiver twos this week. And I've got Rudolph on the fringe of the tight end one, tight end two conversation. I've got him bang on 12 this week because of those statistics and how it looks for for him against Seattle. So that's where I'm sitting with those. But that gets you up to date. Apologies, it is a little bit late. Um, if you heard yesterday's podcast, you understand why. But, you know, you, you still have five or six hours, hopefully, by the time this gets out, to do something with this information. So thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for sticking with us. I uh, hope this information is useful. Please do leave us uh, a review on iTunes. Their algorithm means that reviews are very heavily weighted and it helps us to reach more people. The more people we reach, uh, the bigger the show becomes, the bigger the show becomes, the bigger the guests we can get on. And if you'd like to see some guests, tag them on Twitter and tag us as well. And we'll see what we can do to try and make it happen. But uh, until next week, Rush Nation, good luck tonight. Good luck tomorrow. You'll hear from me tomorrow with those waiver wire picks. But until then, keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.